Welcome back to the 2019 Sprockies. We, uh, we've gone through every category we possibly can. Me, myself, Tucker, also Michael. Hello. And Carly. Hi. Carly is my sister. And now we're going to do... We're not really doing a best movie of the year, per se, but we're going to do a process here where we're going to try to come up with a list of the top... Not the top. I do that every single time. The 10 canonical movies of the year. And to me, canonical means the movies we'll bring with us. When we think of 2019, it's kind of the cultural stamp. It is these 10 movies of 2019. Uh, Do you guys have a way you define canonical in this context? Uh, I've defined it differently. Okay. (laughs) Um, I just... I don't know. I feel like I kind of broke form, but I hit me. just kind of reflected on the things that stay in my brain. Sure. And that I think will continue to stay in my brain. Okay. So it's my canonical. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I guess I took it as a more objective, like, what are the movies that in 2019 that best represented 2019 and will be touchstones down the road? Yes. That's kind of where I'm at with it, but Car, I like your. Uh, well, I don't. I don't really take quality <laughs> into account. <laughs> let's say, uh, but yeah. Well, okay. I think you get the general gist, though, of what we're trying to do. So we've all made lists of ten movies that we feel mm. great about. Uh, but what we're gonna do before we start and try to make this list of ten, please, everyone, add. Or let's do this a different way. Let's just go around and do our list and we'll get a list of 30-ish and then we can, we'll each be able to nom one free nomination with no questions asked. So Michael, please tell me the first movie you have. Uh, are we doing this like a top 10 list kind of thing or like a, uh, well, I have a list of 10. Okay. Okay. So just give me the first one. Yeah. And we'll go around in a circle. Dolomite is my name. Nice. Okay. Carly? The souvenir. The souvenir. Very good. Cats. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Michael. Uh, Monos. Okay. Carly. Booksmart. Okay. I had Toy Story Four. Michael. Us. Us. Very good. Carly. The lighthouse. The lighthouse. What's Ooh. that? Okay. See, it's about think... two very good friends, Willem Dafoe and Robbie Pat. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Um, I had Knives Out. Ooh. Michael? The Farewell. Okay. Carly? Her Smell. Very good. Ready or Not? Michael? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Very good. Carly? Pain and Glory. Pain and Glory. I had Angry Birds 2. <laughs> Michael. Oh <my> God. <laughs> uh, Little Women. <laughs> Little Women. Carly. Uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. I had American Factory. Michael. The Irishman. The Irishman. Carly. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Beautiful Day. Um, I had her smell as my next one, so I will go with Endgame. Hmm. 
Michael? Parasite, and that's the last one on my list that has been said, or has not been said yet. Okay. Carly? Yeah, all of mine have been said. The three were Uncut Gems, Little Women, and Parasite. Okay. The only other one I had was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. Okay, so we have 23 movies. I'll read them. Dolomite is my name, The Souvenir, Cats, Monos, Booksmart, Toy Story 4, Us, The Lighthouse, Knives Out, The Farewell, Her Smell, Ready or Not, Uncut Gems, Pain and Glory, Angry Birds 2, Little Women, Midsummer, American Factory, The Irishman, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Endgame. Is that The Avengers Endgame? I don't know. You know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Wait, really quick, where is this on the spreadsheet? Oh, I'm sorry. I have this in a separate spreadsheet. Um, but I can paste this yes, list. Please. Yes. Uh, <laughs> look for it. Would it be fun or helpful for me to just list every movie in the spreadsheet that we have? Because I think that's kind of fun to see like this whole year long. Maybe I'll do that at the end. Or something. Uh, we could do that. Do you want to do that now before we... Sure. Because I feel like we're going to get into this. And then once this is done, we'll just like, be like, okay, now we're done. Tired. Yeah. Okay. 2019 sure happened. Let's move on to 2020 and Dr. Doolittle. I think um, I'm going to see you underwater after this. So ooh. that'll be my first 2020. Very good. Very yeah. good. Uh, so here's, we we just kind of had a log going, and this is every movie on that log. Midsummer, Us, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Lighthouse, The Souvenir, Under the Silver Lake, Her Smell, Booksmart, Cats, It Too, High Life, Little Women, Parasite, Ready or Not, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Lucy in the Sky, Joker, Uncut Gems, Jojo Rabbit, Dumbo, Toy Story 4, Endgame, Shazam, Hobbs and Shaw, Lion King, Alita Battle Angel, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Missing Link, Captain Marvel, Detective Pikachu, Lego Movie 2, The Farewell, The Nightingale, Secret Life of Pets 2, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Waves, Marriage Story, Ad Astra, Just Mercy, Hustlers, Aladdin, Spider-Man, whatever, Monos, Pain and Glory, 1917, Yesterday, The Irishman, The Two Popes, Bombshell, Blinded by the Light, Clemency, Knives Out, Ma, Honey Boy, Longshot, Dolomite is My Name, Klaus, Angry Birds 2, Star Wars 9, Yeesh, Abominable, (laughs) Dora and the Lost City of Gold, and American Factory. That's a good list of movies, maybe? 2019 sure happened. It sure had some movies in it. Okay. (laughs) I enjoyed most of the ones I saw, even. Okay. I agree. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so now what we're going to do is try to condense our list of 23, which is Dolom... Or I said that already. Did I say that already? Yes. I said it at some point. Um, into a list of 10. And Michael, if you would please pick one movie to add no questions asked to this list. Um, The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Very good. Carly, what movie do you pick? Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Okay. Ooh. Huh. Okay. Tucker, what are you uh, picking? Uh, I'm picking cats. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. What a three. <laughs> yup. It feels pretty definitive. <laughs> okay. Now, there's several ways to go about this. Um,. Michael, is there one you would like to cut, and then we can argue about it? Uh, where can I see the list? It is down below. 
I got Oh, jeez. Okay. Yep. yep. One that we can cut from this or one that we can swing over? Um, either way, I guess. And then we can, if there's a lot of um, fighting, we can pick a different one. Um, I feel like cutting endgame. Okay. It, okay. It was an important movie, this right. is just my defense of it, yeah. It was like, you know. Yeah. Highest grossing film of all time, even. End of an era. Sure. Tell that to the next, like, <laughs> dozen, two dozen, three dozen. Next hundred that's years That's the next movies. phase, Michael. Okay. <sighs> no, that's fine. Uh, Remember when they were supposed to give closure to characters and they just made a Black <laughs> Widow movie? <laughs> fine. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. End of an era. Okay. Okay. See, they die, but then they come back, but then they die, but then they weren't dead, but then there's a time skip. It'll all make sense. Carly. It's like anime. It is very much like anime. Thank you. So we cut it. Car, is there one you'd like to cut or one you would like to bring over? I think I'd like to bring over Uncut Gems. Okay. Just as far as a cultural touchstone. Yeah. And I think like... By many standards, many people's one of their favorite movies of the year. Okay. Okay. I don't have any objection here. I feel pretty strongly that Uncut Gems should be on the list. Okay. Okay. Uncut. Uncut. Okay. Oh, let's see. I don't think Ready or Not should be on this list, but I think it's a really cool movie that everyone should see. Am I good to cut Ready or Not? Yes. Okay. Okay. Michael. I would like to bring over Parasite. Okay. I agree. I don't think there's any way that Parasite should not be on a top ten, or most canonical list. Yeah. It sounds like you're hesitating. Um, I'm just trying to think how to phrase this conversation. What is Parasite trying to say? I guess this is my question. Because I, I feel like I, my understanding of it was completely different. And I, this isn't whether or not it should be on this list. I just want to have this conversation before we well, shut this down. I want to ask, who do you think are the villains and who do you think aren't the villains? I don't think there's or, a villain, but I don't understand what the wealthy people did that was bad, really. I don't think it's like a... An, I don't think it's an explicit bad in the way that that you know yeah. defines like a good versus evil kind of plot structure i think it's more of a disregard like a blatant disregard for the other half of that world if that makes sense but this is really like a system it's speaking yeah. more about the system than the individuals like capitalism has put these people in these advantage or disadvantage spots and you're seeing it play out how life goes when there's deception in whether you're advantaged or disadvantaged. Okay. And I think there's a apt comparison to Midsummer of like, sure, the rich people didn't do anything worthy of being murdered in the movie, but there's like a general catharsis of the class system in the movie. I 
I embody that catharsis, but I don't, or that need for that catharsis, but I didn't feel any of that. Because from my perspective, they just gave these people gainful employment, paid them pretty well from what I can tell, and then at the end I'm supposed to feel good that they got murdered or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't even know if you were supposed to feel good that they were murdered. I think you could feel good about them kind of having the rug pulled over because they were still fine in that situation anyway. And I think the other side, the flip side of that coin was that this other family was not okay. Even in this situation where they had some kind of, you know, things might have been looking up because they were able to get that kind of work with this wealthy family. They still went back to this sub-basement that was flooding. I mean, it made very clear points that regardless of how good things could be going, because of where they are, things still are very literally shitty. Like the sewer it's explodes. It's true. And, and in order for them to get that gainful employment, they had to play the game of the upper class. They yeah, couldn't sure. appear as themselves. They had to appear within the expectation of that family. And, well, they, even, yeah. and even when they got to that point, it was still very clear that they didn't belong. I mean, the this this metaphorical smell that goes throughout the entire thing. Her smell, that, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's very clear that you know, you could work as hard as you can or you could deceive your way into some kind of success because of the way things are, you don't belong here. And I think that's kind of a point when they're trying to hide the entire time, when they're trying yeah. to, when when people are very literally living in their bomb shelter basement yep. and living off them because that's the only way you could be successful really from where they were. And even it even comes down to this argument of whether or not you should be grateful or not because the man, the original housekeeper, seemed grateful. Her husband definitely seemed grateful to the point that he was uh, physically hurting himself to try to send a Morse code message out. Yeah. Um, and he makes it a point to, you know, tap out hellos and whatnot and thank yous through the lights. And that, I, I think it's very clear that it's not this, that, that, <laughs> I think they they work very hard to try to set this up to where it's not. It, it I, I don't know. What I'm trying to make is like a concluding concluding statement there though. But that's I guess the gist of it, or I think that's what's kind of going on. I think if you wanted to look at like a villain or anything like that, it's supposed to be the systemic side of it that is very very clearly represented. Yeah. And I think that's in ready or not it's a really fantastic movie but that's the other way that you handle this issue yeah you make it about the people being evil so it's that's what i'm into because <laughs> that's, that's what just it two is entirely different approaches and yeah. i think what's really incredible about parasite is it's a movie about class by a south korean director that tons of people saw and love like yeah. that's it's an incredible thing that we're seeing this success and I think it's extremely, extremely appropriate for it to be on the list. Okay, okay, okay. I have one more thing to say about Parasite though. Okay. There was that there's that scene. I was so ready for this movie to spiral when the bookcase opens up. Spoilers ahead. Uh and because she let the housekeeper in. And the housekeeper's like, honey, I'm here. I was so ready for this to spiral out into, like, families taking over families taking over families. Just, like, going down the ladder forever. (sighs) And it didn't happen. 
I wanted. We still got a big spiral out of control. I think yes. like I, I that was one of the more surprising things I've seen in a while is finding the family in the basement. That was an awesome part of this movie. Yeah, for me, but I was expecting that to just then spiral out, and then I didn't really. It just became like they're fighting because they have the cell phone footage, and I was like, okay. This isn't as interesting. So, okay, we're going to put Parasite on the list. It sounds like. That was the move, right? We were moving Parasite? Yeah, Okay, I think so. Okay. And that was Carly's move? No. Michael's. Michael's. This was my move, yes. Carly, yes. what is your move? Or cut? You're up. Huh? You're <laughs> up. I thought it was your turn. No, because you haven't Uh-oh. added one since the beginning three. No, I had ready or not. I cut ready or not. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Um. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh. Little Women. You want to cut it? Okay. I want it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I can't speak to this, but it sounds like you guys both really like it, so mm-hmm. it's fine by me. And I feel like you gave your really good defense of it already. Yeah, and I think like outside of just screenplay, I think the performances are magnificent. It's a really pretty looking movie i think it's like it's gonna be i would hope one of those um a lot of families are watching this around the holidays sort of things and i think a lot of families did see it at the theater i saw it in which was really huge it was absolutely packed and it was a large number of parents with their kids which was really sweet i'm into it but Can I please put her smell on this list? Please. I won't fight you. Okay. Uh, this was the movie I loved this year. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I I, was not as positive on this year as you guys, but I was glad to find one movie right at the end where I was like, I love this movie. So that's what her smell is to me. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I, I agree. Okay. I think it's like a wonderfully crafted movie. I think the performances are excellent. I think the story it tells is worth telling. Uh, music's good. I like the manager. Yep, really good manager. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the one thing I would change about this movie is Uh-oh. the Cara <laughs> Delevingne of it. it. I just it's the eyebrow thing that she does. I just don't think she's a good at the one of the young bandmates. Okay. Okay. Um, I like the lead one essentially. Okay. I don't think she's a very good actress, but I'm guessing she helped get it funded because she's famous, sort of thing. Okay, I don't know. And who. it completely <laughs> took me out of it every time she was doing funky stuff. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, she's very. She's a supermodel, and she's really famous for her eyebrows. And so every time she would like arch her eyebrows, it just like <laughs> kind of drove me nuts. Yeah. Was she the short-haired lady? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. But I'm good to move that then. Because we are, I should say, already filling up pretty quick here. That's yeah. This would be number seven. To, yes. I wanted to ask a point of order here. Yes. What What's our cutoff? Ten. When we have ten movies here, should we be... Yes. Okay. Well, is that... Because... Should it be like for each one we say go or add and then we see where we get to? Does that make sense? Yes, can I move first smell or no? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just mean like because okay. if we just keep going around. Yeah, what what we did 
uh, in the game one was I would go down the list and I would get a general vibe. People would say, what did we do? I think it worked pretty well. It was like, uh, shoot. We had some system where you could either express support or not support. Um, uh, we were just kind of cutting originally and then we got down to like a final category. Yeah. Like a final couple. And then from there we would build the pick a winner. But at some point we were going down the list and I remember this because I loved it because we got to like Overwatch and it was silent. Because uh, <laughs> no oh, yeah. Overwatch or whatever. Um, well, I'll go down the list and just go in a circle and say yay or nay. And then if something has three yays or three nays, then we can deal with that. Nay is in we get rid of it? Nay is in you don't want it on the list. Yay okay. is in it should be on the list. So, Dolomite. Nay. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so it's kind of an automatic nay. Okay. It's I delightful, see. but it's yeah. it, nay. Nay. And this would be a good opportunity if you want to like give a little, you know, just like a little wrap up on the movie. I mean, or... I feel like, I feel like yeah. the best way to kind of talk about Dolomite is kind of how I described Eddie Murphy's role in it. Okay. He kind of makes or breaks that movie. I mean, there's a lot of strong supporting. There's long there, the supporting cast is good, but at the end of the day, it's a autobiography. An autobi- it's a not an autobiography, but a biography about this one character, and Eddie Murphy owns that. So it's really his vehicle essentially okay and it's a lot of fun it's yeah. really cool to watch these guys these the what are obviously like an outcast group build a movie okay. around this around this kind of crazy character he makes but outside of that and it's not i don't think it's like definitive for 2019 okay doesn't hang the other movies are yeah okay hang. okay the souvenir mm. No. Yeah, I I love yeah. it so so much, but I think it's a no. Okay. Like I it definitely is on my top ten list, but I don't see it defining the year in a way. Okay. Okay. It's very pretty. Okay. Yes, Visually, and, it's and the beautiful. story is beautiful and is something I really haven't seen before. And the lead who is Tilda Swinton's daughter, just does an incredible job with it. Huh. It's that's... all improvised also, which is really Is it really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, there was like a, a overarching this is what needs to happen sort of thing, but... Oh, actually, it's only the main character who was improvising. Everyone else was scripted, and she was just supposed to react to everyone else. Okay, <laughs> that's really cool. No, it's really yeah, cool because she really does a cool. really good job. Yeah, yeah. I, one thing I want to highlight about that: some of uh, like the most, I guess, relatable content in a movie I've seen this year was. Um, so the main character is playing the director's younger self. So you're seeing this young woman direct. I forget if it's a movie or short film or whatever. Um, in her early 20s and like taking a first stab at directing and there are incredible scenes of this one woman being absolutely petrified to be a director and I think like working through all of her own anxieties about it and it's it's not what the movie hinges on at all but they're I think very honest scenes and I wonder if a lot of that does come from it being improvised hmm. so I hmm. recommend okay that I was do as well. The souvenir. 
There's going to be a souvenir too, also. Great. Oh. What? I don't know how that's going to work, but okay. <laughs> They're just, I think, going to keep tracking Joanna Hogg, the director's life. I don't know how many. Hmm. It might like be an anthology or something. I have no idea. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. It's cool. Hmm. Monos. Uh, I feel like I said all that could really be said. It's yeah. gorgeously shot. It's vis- It's really cool. I don't think it hangs. Okay. Um, but uh, I I don't know I I it's as far as very literally making Lord of the Flies a movie again I think setting it in Columbia is really cool I think they really own the setting in a way I think each of the individual child actors because they're all playing kids I think they all do a really good job um I don't know it's really cool I don't think it has I don't think it hangs necessarily but it's really cool and I do also recommend seeing okay. it okay watch it loud too. Nice. Every movie, Michael. Every movie. Uh, so that's a cut. Yeah. That's a cut. Book smart. Yeah, I would argue for this one. I don't yeah. know where you guys are at. I think like comedies are kind of few and far between, especially good ones. Yeah. Um, even fewer and farther between are movies about young girls, and it's funny and charming. And I think just, like, generally well done. I'm okay. not sure where you all are at with it. Well, so we have three movies to go. Mm-hmm. So I need to look at this, whether Booksmart is in my top three, I guess, of the remaining. Um, and for me, I would say no. Really good, but that's a that would be an A for me, I guess. I have not seen it, but I could be swayed on it, I guess, is my take on it. Hmm. I could see it fitting in. I don't know. Should we not cut it but not move it then? I think that's fair. Yes. Yes. Okay. Toy Story 4. I like this movie more than the average. I'm just going to say that right now. So I won't be hurt when you guys cut it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To me, this was the best Toy Story. Uh, and that, I, hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't expect much out of Pixar at this point, which is, you know, especially Pixar sequels, you know, like the Incredibles two, which is one of the worst sequels I've ever seen to a great movie, but Toy Story four, so much heart to it. It's weird in a way I really like, it's not just three again, which it was two again. So I'm glad that we're telling a different story now. Uh, and Forky is a great character concept. I don't know. I really, really like Toy Story 4. But I have a question about this. Do yes. you think the dolls were too scary for kids? I loved it. I liked it, but I'm an adult person. Yes. And I think if I was five, I would be horrified. Do you mean like the the ventriloquist, uh, ventriloquist dolls? Yeah. Yeah, that was... yeah. That was awesome. As a kid, those things terrified me. Yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah, no. So that. And they played it up too. It wasn't just Absolutely. like, here's these dolls that are like bad guys. It's like, here's these extremely menacing dolls. <laughs> I love, uh, I love them pushing the carriage with like four of them on yes. the, the corners. Yes. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> but like, remember Toy Story 1 had like Sid's weird Frankenstein toys. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are creepy is, too. Yeah, I do think this is scarier just because it's like a known scary. This could sort be of in thing. your house right now. 
um where are you guys standing i'm a yay but i don't i don't hold out hope for this one so i oh sorry no no no. i don't want to cut you off what were you gonna say i agree with a lot of the things you said tuck minus it being my face favorite toy story like i think forky is great i think oh god oh we're getting the bruce moment oh no stop stop stop. (laughs) okay hello you're gonna have to get rid of that um uh yeah forky is really great i think that duke is even better i think duke is like one of the funniest characters i've seen in a while i absolutely loved him okay i loved his crisis yes but i would not put toy story on the list okay michael where do you sit i mean we already have i mean it's just it's i guess yeah i for a pixar sequel i don't know as far as pixar movies go these days they feel like a known quantity yes but i mean there's still the fact they were able to take the fourth toy story movie and make it like its own like it still felt like it had something to say it still like it felt like there were things still worth visiting i don't know yeah and i enjoyed that a lot the the extended cast was a lot of fun i loved key and peel as the stuffed animals i loved keanu reeves as duke kaboom Duke. Uh, Forky was good. I, I did like Forky a lot. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's really good. I guess I don't. I personally wouldn't put it in the top ten, but I that doesn't mean anything. I see how the winds. That doesn't shifting. mean anything. No, I. <laughs> it does in this context, Michael, and it's fine. I'm gonna cut Toy Story Four. One more question. Yes. Did Toy Story Four feel way more like a hangout movie to you guys than like a? strictly plot driven thing like Like i felt like i was just like spending time with these characters i know there was a plot but i wasn't really super engaged in that part of it yes it's like a character development type thing yeah Yeah. which is really nice i think i think that's like a good alternative to trying to do something crazy i loved so much that the villain was not the villain from two and three again yeah. I thought that I was so worried that that was what it was going to be the entire movie. And then at the end, they just have a nice conversation and Woody helps her. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I do. I found it extremely distressing, the idea of them taking Woody's voice box or whatever. Yeah. But then it's not a big deal at the end yeah. of the day. It's just yeah. like, yeah, I, I really liked that whole thing. But yeah. I'm going to cut Toy Story 4. Let's hope they can capture 4. that magic in Toy Story 5. Oh, oh God. God, no. <laughs> The Incredibles 3. <laughs> Violet needs a date for the prom. Um, us. <laughs> us is a big yay from me. I loved Us. I too loved Us, but I don't want to... Yeah, it's interesting looking at the rest of the list. There's a lot of movies from very celebrated directors yeah yeah so it's like interesting to think of it in the context of for me if i was putting us on the list it would be because i'm celebrating jordan peele okay (laughs) it wouldn't be because i'm celebrating us but i understand that you guys both really like it but that's that's a no from you right yes it is essentially a no for me okay so i think we should just leave it for now that's yeah leave it for now i think 
Okay. Knives out. Knives out. That's a huge yes from me. Same. I agree. I love Knives Out so okay. much. That sounds it's like a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about Knives Out at all. Do you guys want to kind of talk about it? <laughs> I, I, I really <laughs> liked it. Michael, I feel like you're the biggest Knives Out head. I'm the biggest <laughs> Knives Out head? Wild. Okay. I think so, right? I mean, I loved it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Even like even some of the stuff that shouldn't work. Daniel Craig doing this weird Southern accent the entire time. <laughs> yes, perfect. It's so it's perfect. Good. The whole yeah. thing was perfect. Couldn't call that. Yeah. The I thought. I mean, and this is I think we kind of touched on this with like Parasite versus Ready or Not as far as being able to represent this class, this uh, this idea of class and stuff like that. But I think this movie kind of plays off of that perfectly in a different kind of way. Yeah. I mean, you have like this wealthy Massachusetts family. Um, and they're arguing over inheritance and stuff like that. So it's like this, it, it feels also like this riff off of like your classic detective novels and stuff. And I, I have to try to get my, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get my head around what I want to say with Knives yeah. Out, but it's so, I loved everything that happened. I love that they took the entire family and kind of dealt with them in a sense of, Honestly, in contempt, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's obvious that none of these people are really as good as they pretend to be. Yeah. Um, the, I Just all of it, the everything about it kind of worked in a way that was a lot of fun to watch play out, a lot of fun to see happen. Um, I don't know. I have a heart. I don't really know exactly what I want to say about Knives Out other than that it was a lot of fun. I'm yeah. glad... I, I think it's interesting to see Ryan Johnson just get better as a writer and a director as he goes forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause this is, I think his best movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Knives Out's good. Knives Out to me is also one of those, like, I think when we all, when people talk about the distressing idea of like, no original content and I, the crazy IP machine, like these are the types of movies that people will say like they won't exist anymore. And then like mm-hmm. something like Knives Out happens that's entirely original, yeah. makes a ton of money, everyone loves it. And it's just kind of extremely nice to see essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, the ongoing neo-Nazi bits in <laughs> Knives Out were fantastic. <laughs> Oh, the, like, the candy you mean? The like young the, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah four champions. He's really, yeah. really, him and um, Tony Collette, don't they have like a direct spat or at least they're like talking about him or something? Yeah. That worked really well for me. <laughs> I love the part. Ooh, it's so good when they're talking about immigrants and they're like trying to include the main character and then he hands her his plate because he's done with it. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. a very sneakily like progressive movie. Yes, I don't think a lot of I don't think everyone knew when they bought a ticket for it that that's what they were getting. Yeah, but that last shot isn't sneaky. That last shot, no, it's like, pretty yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess uh, not more in the advertising of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a murder mystery, but it's yeah. really not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel really good about that being on here. Yeah, Me I too. do too. Okay. The Farewell. We haven't really talked about The Farewell much either. There isn't much to talk about. It's still a yes. It's a, I think The Farewell <laughs> would be a yes for me. Just throwing that out there. Okay. 
So How no for me. At? Is it eight? Yeah, we have two more to go. Hmm. I'm gonna say oh gosh. It would be a yes for me. Okay. Uh I don't think the farewell is a great movie. Uh, I think it's a central concept that is interesting and worth making a movie about. And then it's kind of this repetitive kind of, uh, there's no ramp to it really. And then they kind of pull the rug out from you at the very end in a way that it seems like the studio stepped in and ruined the end of this movie to me. But it's all based on her actual life. I know, but it's a movie and you take away any like uh heft to it when you're like and actually everything's fine and then the movie ends like it doesn't what it doesn't aid with the story they're trying to tell at all i don't know if i got that out of it but i mean as far as i can tell it also resonated with a lot of people within that same situation yeah and that's something that maybe it's just kind of hard for really any of us to appreciate on having been there but absolutely as as far as that goes, as I, what I got out of it was that it, it it represented that very very well in a way that hasn't really been done, or is really hard to do in film, and is really hard to kind of get out there. And it really isn't told in film either. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Bruce is Carly's cat. Oh. Right, right. Not Mr. Bruce. Not Mr. Bruce, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. I think it also looks at everything. You can tell throughout the movie that what could be, I think, very polarizing and alienating is dealt with so much love. Like, it's. I think there's a way where a lot of people who go into this movie are so outraged by the concept of it that they don't like the movie. But it's. I, yeah, there's an incredible amount of love poured into the film and the portrayal of the characters. So sure. you really effectively go on that journey with them. Okay. That is not my problem, for the record, okay. is the subject matter. That's not, yeah. Okay. So we got two yays and an A. So we're going to keep that on there, right? We're just going to we're gonna mm. come back. Because we do only I also, two... also yes. I think, I just want to throw it out there that I think the cast is very good in that movie. Yes. And the visuals. It's so beautifully yeah. shot. Yeah. The scene at the end, the the um, wedding, mm. I thought was a lot of fun as far yeah. as like, visually speaking. The drinking game when it's spinning around the table is really, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just hate people. I don't know. We're going to move <laughs> on though to uh, Pain and Glory. Uh, this is a tough one because, Michael, did you see Pain and Glory? I, I did not know. No. Yeah. I'll give like a quick spiel on it and then we can okay. say nay. Um, I already <laughs> okay. said like a, I think Antonio Banderas is really incredible. It's I haven't seen a movie like this before um, in a very literal way where it works in some really interesting graphics. The movie is very much about pain, both physically and emotionally, and they use graphics to dive into the physical pain and it's kind of fascinating and I wasn't expecting it at all um aside from that there's kind of the whole movie is breathtaking in its visuals and its storytelling um it's another one of those 
old people looking back on their lives and yes. kind of being filled with regret sort of thing. Um, and it's a man who has lived a really full life, so he has a lot of regrets to speak about. Um, and I think people should 100% check it out, and I'm really delighted that Antonio was nominated for the Oscar. That being said, I think we can nay it. Okay. But also, highly Bruce recommended. is making noise. I'm going to go. That's okay. Uh, oh, jeez. I just picture him with pot, pots and pans in his paws, and he's just like banging them in another room. Yeah. Hey, to me. I want lasagna. <laughs> I hate Mondays. We all do, Bruce. Sorry we all do. That. Uh, but you recommend Pain and Glory? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's just a really, really beautiful movie, and I think I said before, it's a hundred percent stuck in my head, and I, Aww. I'm definitely gonna watch it again, and I'm going to um, look into the director's other works. Also, did you guys know that Antonio Banderas is Dakota Sexy. Johnson's stepfather? What? Yes. Really? Yes. Ooh, ooh. Um, the woman from Suspiria and mm. um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. Yeah. Sure. There's a really beautiful... Um, he won some sort of tribute award, and she gave a really moving speech about him, and actually this director's relationship with him. Hmm. Aww. Yeah. That's really cool. Speaking of really cool and beautiful and great, <laughs> okay. Angry Birds too. Yeah. I hear there's a scene with a urinal. There is a scene with a urinal. Uh, yeah, we can cut it. Too. I I was just super surprised that it was good. So, did people see it? Did it make money? Um, it is the highest rated movie based on a video game ever made. Okay. Nope. Rated or rated. like revenue. I don't know what revenue was for it. Hmm. The gross was. I'm sure yeah, I'm all these it. movies do well. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, really, it's the highest rated video game movie. Angry Birds 2. It's good. Huh. Gosh darn it. <laughs> uh, Wild. Okay. Did you see the first one? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Different team on that one. I'm not really interested in <laughs> uh, Angry Birds 1. But um, Midsummer. I love this movie, okay. as I've mentioned. Okay. I'm okay with saying no to it. Okay, but I want to know what you say. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It's tough because like, I, my personal relationship with it is that I really, really like this movie. Okay. But I, again, it's like with Part of it's also, like, I really like Ari Aster. And it, when I'm thinking about his body of work, Hereditary, if we were doing 2018, would absolutely... Or 2017, whatever it was, would absolutely yeah. belong on that list. Because yeah. I think it was well-loved, kind of, by most people who saw it. Yeah. But if we're applying the logic of, like, it has to... I don't know. It has to be kind of widely regarded as part of 2019. I don't know if it works. Okay. Interesting. That's Not being said, there were so many midsummer Halloween costumes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh hmm. I would say yes on Midsummer. Oh. Really? Of this remaining list, and we need to pick two, I think Midsummer fits this category or this list we're making. Hmm. hmm. Can we possibly leave it there? On the list, of course. 
on the <laughs> on the, the yeah. nominees. Yes. Yeah. It seems worth coming back to once we know the fates of the remaining. The three. remaining one. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Michael, are you cool with that? We'll just come back to that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, American Factory is the next one. Uh, Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. This is the one I feel the strongest about. Um, hmm. But this kind of subject matter really speaks to me. Um, I've worked in factories, you know. I know how soul-crushing it can be. And this movie really got to me. And I think the story it's telling is fascinating and important. And we're going to see a lot of it coming up. Um, I have a problem with documentaries where I feel like I'm being sold a bill of goods the entire time, no matter what it is. Uh, But that's just like a personal thing. But, you know. You never know if you're getting truth or the truth they're selling you. And it definitely feels like American Factory has a, a an agenda. But it's an agenda I mostly agree with. So, I don't know. I think it also helps that they don't... Correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't do any voiceover or anything. Which I think helps yeah. in terms of, like, it removes... At least it's not like they brought in one subject matter expert to speak on. Right. The right. thing, it's actually just, like, people expressing <clears throat> what's happening to them. Yes, totally. But also there's shots of, like, the Chinese uh, owner of the company in, like, an airplane looking off and being, like, pensive and thoughtful. And it's like, when did you, like, this feels scripted. Like, why would you capture him on an airplane, you know, just, like, mm-hmm. staring off into space thinking while he gives voiceover about how, uh, you know, factory something, something. I don't know. Parts of it felt very constructed to me. But yeah, for the most part, it's all, uh, I believe it was audio captured in the homes of the factory workers during interviews, and then they play that over the footage. So I think that works really well. But uh, um, do I need to explain what this movie is? I guess I don't know. I haven't really (laughs) talked about it at all. So it's like, it's just about a GM plant that closed down in Dayton, Ohio, and then a Chinese company purchased that factory and... Uh, started making glass and it's about the kind of culture shock that happened when they brought in Chinese workers to help with that transition and it's it's rough man I was I was nervous the entire movie I was on like my the edge of my seat because it's very I just feel like it it's like looking into where society is going and it's not a great uh like it's not you know, it's not anti-Chinese or anything. It's just the way we as a society function and the way we work and the way we make money, it's all going to change in the next 10 years, 10, 15 years. And we don't have a solution. We don't know what's going to happen. And the way it's happening right now is not working. And it's like dark. Hmm. And it really spoke to me. I think it's an incredible movie. Like I, there's, I think I um, spoke to you about this Tucker elsewhere, but it seems like it was the perfect thing where I can't believe they were able to capture everything they did. I can't believe everyone who's in this agreed to be in this. Yes. I can't believe they got (laughs) sign off on including everything that's included. Yes. And I think another really cool part of this is the filmmakers are... If not from that town, at least nearby. So it, I, something about it feels very special and unique, and something yeah. like this doesn't happen all the time. Um, 
yeah, it's another one where I really, really like it. I don't know that I would put it on the list. Okay. That's fair. I think it's an important movie yes. that I really liked is why I... Is why I could see myself saying you should go on the list. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there now. Okay. Well, it's in our... It sounds like it's in our we're going to leave it for now category. Okay. Um, The Irishman. Ooh. We haven't really talked about the Irishman besides no. CGI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels like the movie, the kind of, it feels like a Martin Scorsese-ass Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. If that makes sense. I don't Absolutely. know. It just seems so, it seems like you've got a director who is well within his lane, working with a cast who he's worked with for decades it, it just feels like everything kind of comes together really well in that regard and it seems like it's a movie made by someone who has done this for decades is a very knows exactly what he wants to do it's got all the like the the beats for a martin scorsese movie um i'm trying to see i'm trying to think of i mean as far as the actual subject matter it's it's this story of a irishman who worked with the italian mob and is and like couple decades ago admitted to killing jimmy hoffa who's like was this team the head of the teamsters at a time and it was it's it's one of those like well-known unsolved crime kind of things and it just it's as far as that subject matter goes like it's fine it's it's you know it's another mobster movie but a mobster movie in the hands of martin scorsese i think is usually a good movie and i think this is kind of continuing that legacy so okay Okay. it's also I think so different from a lot of mobster movies. There's a lot more reflection happening in it. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is Joe Pesci is kind of the head dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what the, the right dog. term is. Yeah, and he... It was the most wonderful performance. I think a lot of that's probably due to script where you don't see him blow up. You don't see him lose his mind. He's measured, but not even in like a particularly calculating way. It's just, it seems like if he wasn't doing bad things, you would really like him as a person sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't really seen a character like that in a movie like this before. I also think this is one of those movies that it feels very much not at my alley and very much not made for someone like me. And I really, really liked it. Hmm. I think so much of it, so much of the criticism around it feels like also the function of the movie. Like I think the length makes total sense to me and it makes sense in the context of this is this person's life and you're exploring every aspect of it. Of course, there's ways where it could have been shortened, but I, I I think it just really works as a movie. Also, Marty and I agree on mm. Marvel mm. movies. <laughs> we do not agree, Marty and I. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do with the Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I made like a, I can tell you it was in my top three as far as hmm. I ranked my films this year. And that was, it was, it, it, I, I really, really loved it. Okay. Okay. So I would maybe want it to be in that list, but that doesn't mean it has to be. I think at the moment we're left with a lot of really strong films and I think each of them 
You guys I'm both. I'm okay with any of these. You are hedgers. Stop I, hedging. I would be good for Irishman going on. Okay. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a no. Michael, you're a yes, it sounds like. Uh, Yeah, big yes. Okay. So we're going to keep that there. And then the last one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I could go either way on this one, you know? <laughs> uh, which I guess is a no, really, because there are other movies here I would put before this one. Yeah, I mean, I think it will, I, it's a no for me. Yeah. I think it was a big 2019 moment. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I guess so, but only, I feel like a lot of that is context now that it's gotten Oscar nominations and all this stuff. Otherwise, it just I mean, feels it's like also a, like Tarantino makes a good movie in, that's, for the first yeah, time in a while. That's true. <laughs> first time since Kill Bill for me, honestly. Really? I like yeah. Inglorious Bastards. I also eh. like Inglorious Bastards, but. Eh. Uh, <laughs> so is that a cut then, Once Upon a Time? Michael, you're not going to. Are you the angel it deserves, it needs? No. Okay. I, no. <laughs> okay. No. I don't know. I don't really feel like we need love letters to Hollywood. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, and I think we we don't need them, and we get a lot of them. Yeah, okay. even like well done ones still feel kind of. I don't know. Michael's not footing the bill on this one. That said, it'll probably win the award. So, haha. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, Joker. Wait. Yeah, I was Joker wondering how that did not here. appear. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let me write that in, and then we just have one more to go. Um, so now what we can do, give me your top two of the remaining six. Michael. The remaining six are Booksmart, Us, The Farewell, Midsummer, American Factory, The Irishman. Michael, what would your top two be? <laughs> hmm. 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 The Irishman and American Factory. Ooh. Mm. Another check in the mail for Michael. Okay. Car or Michael, do you are you are you hemming and hawing still? I am hemming and hawing still. Okay. We can come, come back, back to, to you. Come back to me. Okay. Car, what are you thinking? Mine would be Book Smart and the Irishman. Okay. Alright. Uh the colors don't matter. Don't worry about it. I would say <laughs> Us and American Factory. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michael, you said the Irishman and American Factory. Would you like to change your answer? Mm, Yes. mm, I would stick with American Factory and the Irishman with the added note that I still, I, I don't know. It's hard. I I yeah. think it's hard because I think these remaining films, uh, the ones that I've seen at least, are all very, very good. good. And yeah. I kind of, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I'd probably stick with American Factory and The Irishman. So we're cutting The Farewell and Midsummer. Is that cool with everybody? And Us and Booksmart. Oh, are we not cutting? Uh, I just did that. So what we can do now is, what is your number one? I see. Ugh. I mean, mine's, it's tough because mine's going to be a silly number one because it's book smart, but I don't want to okay. do one that only I am 
into. Okay. Okay. Hmm. 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 Is there one we can all agree on? I could go either American Factory or The Irishman as well. Okay. Okay. I just feel bad because I haven't seen Booksmart, and I feel like it would be one that, have, if I had seen it, I probably I might. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well. Okay. 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 So now we can go through with the knowledge that there are only two slots left and give yays or nays. And if something gets two nays, it's gone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Right? Is that fair? That seems yeah. fair to me. So book smart, <laughs> I would say nay. I, I don't feel like that's fair, though, because I can't say yay to it because I haven't. Okay. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't know. Okay. 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 Hmm. I'm stuck in a loop there. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I guess what if we back up to like if we look at the other picks on the list again the ones I cut just now no oh, um, okay. the list that we've solidified is there a good okay. way to kind of round it out like should we look at these oh. in the context of the list that's and I yeah I was thinking about that too um, we don't have any documentaries about the plight of factory workers in Dayton, <laughs> Ohio on this list. You're right. This is true. Um, I feel like that speaks highly to Booksmart and puts us in a weird position. Yeah, you might be right. I think so, too. Hmm. Are our top or our last two Booksmart and American Factory? I really like the Irishman. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, okay. I also okay. very much like the Irishman. Okay, okay. <laughs> Is, I, if I had I, to, I would choose that the Irishman go on. Oh God, I love Booksmart. I would choose that the Irishman <laughs> go on instead of Booksmart. Okay, Michael, what's your top number one? What are you What are you gunning for here? I don't know. It's it's hard. I think well, the Irishman is like a because I think the Irishman is just a very strong, very okay. good film by someone who knows how to make very strong, very good films. Yeah, and I I don't know everything about it. I loved. Okay, it, you guys. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you both love the Irishman. I'm totally fine with. I I want to harness that enthusiasm. I think we should put the Irishman on here. Marty okay. would be happy. Okay. This is for you, Marty. We cut. I cut Endgame <laughs> for you, and then we threw up Irishman. Yeah, Marty wins. <laughs> this is how he wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this last one though. I like all three of these. I think any of these last three would be a good addition. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> My issue, because if you take the list into account... Yeah. It seems as though something like Booksmart is absolutely missing. Um, that said... American Factory. American Factory. It seems as though that is a vital story honestly and you're going to see more of that i mean we had news break out in our neck my neck of the woods of a factory the state over being bought out by a, a foreign company and how that's going yeah. to change and that's foxconn yeah yeah i guess yeah. at the end of the day we're all from wisconsin and that's like the best <laughs> yeah. token example so um i'd be just, happy it... with american factory or book smart i don't you don't want us? Yeah. Yeah. Us is the one I feel the most comfortable cutting of these three. Okay. Okay. Gone. Okay. Okay. 
Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's silly because they're entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. Things. Um. I think Booksmart is a really refreshing answer because I don't think it's getting that type of love other places. I just I wish we had more comedies that were good. The other this is maybe not the time to say it, but the other really great comedy I saw this year was uh, Long Shot. It's extremely charming, and it's okay. nice that like we're still getting these. Okay, okay. long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> done. Um, Should I? Can I do this? I'm going to read the nine we have, and then I'll read the remaining two. Yes, and we'll put yeah. everything in perspective, and we'll come up with an answer immediately. Okay. The nine we have so far. The Lighthouse, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Cats, Uncut Gems, Parasite, Little Women, Her Smell, Knives Out, The Irishman. And the ones we're choosing between for the last slot are Booksmart and American Factory. This is a really chaotic list. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I feel like I... Like I it too. <laughs> I feel like I can't make this decision having not seen Booksmart, Booksmart or American Factory for... Then I feel like you need to make this decision because yeah. I cannot make it because I am an invested in American Factory and Carly cannot make it because she's invested in Booksmart. Okay, I guess what are the pitches for why Booksmart and then why American Factory? Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is good. This is good. <clears throat> okay, um, Booksmart at the surface is a very funny and charming party movie about... Um, two very smart, confident uh, girls graduating from high school. I think beyond the like actual just the basis of the movie and the initial charm of it, I think a lot of the stuff it's doing I've never seen in a movie before. I think they very intelligently chose to not um, include. A lot of things I think in someone else's hands would have been included. There's no Beanie Feldstein is one of the stars and there's no fat jokes, which if you look at like any other, I mean, if you look at Super Bad with her brother, that's like a ton of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a Caitlin Deaver, who's the other friend, uh, is a out gay woman and they don't deal with any consequences of her being out she's out and she's happy there's still trouble in her love life but that's not an element of it they it's just like it's so nice to see a movie that could have been like an issue movie just be here's two extremely confident girls having a ton of fun and maybe figuring out how to better navigate their relationship i think there's also some really, really great um, supporting actors. All of the young people in it are absolutely hilarious. And then there's, um, you get Jason Sudeikis as their principal slash Uber driver. And I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is uh, Lisa Kudrow and, help me out, yep. Tuck. Uh, the other, Bill Hader? No. Um, Bill Hader. Shoot. Uh, was it not Bill Hader? No, it's not Bill Hader. A okay. famous guy like Bill comedic Hader. actor. A Bill wow, Hader like. Oh, that is killing. It's the guy. Uh, let's bring in. I think you should leave with the. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's not. Uh, I gosh, knew it it's would really get in there somewhere. Okay, oh. Anyways. 
Okay. Um, anyways, there, there's like this really great bit where it's the night of graduation. These girls are going to a party, so they're kind of sneaking out. But Lisa Kudrow and this other guy are Caitlin Deaver's parents, and they've made an assortment of snacks that they've all made into like we love you, happy graduation puns. <laughs> and it's just like joke on joke on joke. And it's very, I don't know, it's a charming movie that simultaneously means a lot sort of thing. And I, I like agree. comedies. We need more good comedies. Yes. I agree with everything Carly said. Okay. What about American Factory? Okay, so. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm like Nixon with the flop sweats and stuff. And Carly's just over there smiling at the camera. Uh, <laughs> you're dealing with an issue that we, we all read. The, we all see the news, you know. We're all reading the papers, you know. These factory yes. closings and all this uh, mm-hmm. foreign investment and all that stuff. And what this movie does. If all this movie was was giving a human face to that. To showing how it affects workers and stuff. I still think it would be one of the most important movies of the year. But that it goes a step further and it shows you the Chinese perspective. And it shows you the perspective of Chinese workers in China. And it shows you the perspective of Chinese workers in America. And it shows you where this is all leading. It shows you the perspective of Chinese management. It shows you the perspective of American management under Chinese companies and then their perspective outside of that once they get fired and replaced by Chinese management. And it's all just like broiling under the surface of this movie. And then it doesn't really end or it has like one of the darkest endings of any movie this year. But uh, (laughs) it just kind of gives the sense that the story is still being told. Uh, I think that window into that whole situation is so valuable uh, not just as a movie, but just as like uh, something. And it's awesome that's on Netflix and people can just see this. And it's not like this prestige documentary people need to go. It's just like this is just this is footage of American workers dealing with this and and Chinese workers. And I think that's you're not getting anything close to that from any other movie on this list. It's also interesting because there's so many moments during it where there's a small element of the movie that feels like it could be its own movie. Yeah. Like, one I'm thinking of is um, there's kind of an opening ceremony, I guess, for the plant. And is it the senator is speaking there? Yeah. And, and like, he, in front yeah. of the Chinese owners, encourages the workers to unionize. Yeah. And <laughs> it's incredible that that happened. And... I would love to see another documentary that just focuses on the lead up to that moment because it feels yeah. insane. Yes. Yeah, there's so much going on in there that I I agree that I hope there's a lot more done on this subject. Yeah. Yeah. I the Oh my god, the people going to China which yes. is what I texted you about, is just like, I was so, just like secondhand embarrassment. I can't watch this guy in schlubby Jaws t-shirt <laughs> yes. in this room of like Chinese professionals and they're all in suits and they're all like, they have vision and stuff and there's these schlubby American workers coming in. And then that's not like, I'm not trying to insult American workers, but just the idea that they can take these ideas from Chinese factories and just apply them to American workers and that's the solution and then you just see that completely fall through immediately and it's just like ah and then the end of the movie is just they're all going to be replaced by robots and it's like this is yeah. this is a nightmare and 
that this is your prestige horror right here is American <laughs> yeah. Factory. It was also Ooh. kind of along those lines. The American leadership. Yeah. Besides maybe I think the first president, he seemed kind of competent, but yeah. It, it was one of those things of how did any of these people get a job? They are incredibly incompetent <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Just unprofessional. Yeah. It's wild. So you yes. take that and when it's up against, I disagree Team. with a lot of the practices of it, but yeah, like, like the very intelligent and well thought out Chinese owners, it's like, this is a total mess. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's so fascinating. What do you think that. about the Obama of it all? Like I, The Obama of it all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't I wonder feel how good. much he impacted things. Like, that's that's a negative, right? Like, I, I, don't, I guess I don't know how to feel about it, but I feel like it just gives credence to my idea that there's an agenda here that yeah. doesn't need to be there. Yeah, and it was hard to not think about that throughout the entire movie like how does this serve or not serve obama's legacy if this was two hours of just footage i would be okay with that if it wasn't trying to tell a story through kind of edited and you know not scripted but we're making this all fit together into a package if this was just footage of this whole process unfolding i think there would be a lot of value there Mm. also but that's not the movie they were trying to make, obviously. So, right. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Whereas I'm not like, I don't know. A book smart. I was very good and funny, and I didn't expect it to be. But American Factory was kind of like you were talking about with Pain and Glory, where I just like think about it all the time because it's like, yeah, it's it's gonna be millions of people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it's they're. In addition to both being well-crafted movies, they both have the kind of, like, capital I important in very different ways, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they're, tech- they're directly issues. speaking to untold stories. Like, yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Michael? So, yeah, Michael, <laughs> what, what you <laughs> I guess, where where do you two lie at the moment? I'm it happy like... with... I, like, I think it's... Uh, I'm happy with either going on. I, it doesn't change my vote from book smart to american factory but i will sure. not be sad okay. in any outcome i would be kind of sad if american factory <laughs> was not on this list i i don't know that's I, just my opinion but i it sucks because i think they're both kind of important also as like a i don't know representationally to some degree what I if mean, <laughs> hmm. yes go on we take off parasite and we no. add both. No. 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 Oh, no. no. What if we take Absolutely out cats? Not. I'm not going to argue against that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I also kind of like the fact there's a list that's audacious enough to say cats is okay. canonically 2019. <laughs> I would rather have cats than either of these movies, so I'm keeping oh cats on. Oh my god, you're a madman. <laughs> <laughs> I... I just don't want this to just... Uh, become a mill of us saying the same things over and over so i know i know i honestly at the moment i'm leaning american factory and i am okay with that okay i it just i maybe i'm biased i i don't know i don't know i'm leaning american factory 
I think this is a very, very good list. Okay. 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 Should we do, is it worth doing the, like, the three um, automatic choices we each gave? Should there be, like, a, this is why this is my automatic choice? Sure. Do you want, oh, okay. Um, let's do that first, and then I'll do our final read down of the list. So. Okay. Michael, the lighthouse. Yes. Yeah, I picked the lighthouse. Um, I think as far as being able to take horror elements and throw it into a film, and then attach this other angle of like finding, like, like I'm trying to think of a word for it. This antiquity to it as well, bringing all that together into this like disorienting, very, very claustrophobic story that's also wrapping in like greek mythology to some degree it's wrapping in all of these sailor stories it's wrapping in uh just it's wrapping in that kind of that much going on even american mythos to some degree i mean there's the image of the lighthouse has a place within american mythology it, especially when you get out to new england um and then taking all of that throwing in and just using that as the setting to have basically just two guys living on an island together and letting letting them at each other and then it just so happens those two guys happen to be Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson who are both very good actors so they sell all of this very well and I don't know uh, the all together it just it it felt like the work of an auteur telling this very unique story in this very unique setting and it wrapped it, it, it just it worked for me I think some of the imagery that comes out of it is very strong some of the audio stuff there between that like bellowing horn you get yeah. from the uh the lighthouse to like the sailor uh songs that keep getting kind of woven into it um a lot of the crashing waves and things like that it just it sounded good and scary it looked good and scary even if it wasn't like a conventional horror movie it was well put together it just it worked for me so well in that regard and it was creative in a way that i think is unique as well so very good the lighthouse uh what's his face ari aster Robert that's Eggers. what it is yeah. okay <laughs> oh <God>. jordan peele <laughs> <laughs> carly yes tell me about day in the Tom neighborhood Hanks. yes i think like i go to movies for a number of things I go to them for challenging ideas. I go to them to be moved by something. And I go to them to see kind of interesting or new concepts play out. And I think Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is all of those things while being an incredibly accessible thing that I think most Americans can rally behind. It's, it was by far the most I've been moved by a movie last year. And Marielle Heller, the director, again, I think kind of similar to Little Women, took what could be a very formulaic um, setup for a movie that could just be like, Mr. Rogers is good and kind and we should all be more like him. She does tell that story, but she tells it in a really fascinating way. I think one of the coolest parts of the movie to me is 
Mr. Rogers, the entire movie is framed as an episode of Mr. Rogers. He opens the movie and he talks to you about what's happening. um, And it kind of flips back and forth between that and the actual events of the movie, which I mentioned earlier is um, a cynical reporter having to interview Mr. Rogers. It's also one of the themes of the movie that I don't think I've ever seen explored before and honestly hadn't considered was what it means to become a parent and then it's kind of, it can be a huge time of crisis in terms of looking back at your own childhood. Like there's so many things that are triggered for you by having your own kids. So you're seeing this man who had a really tough upbringing I think find Mr. Rogers and kind of self-soothe through that. I don't know. I like everyone should see this movie type. It, it, you just feel better after it. And I kind of came away from it. I don't know if you remember the feeling of watching an actual episode of Mr. Rogers, but it, 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 it all sounds so corny, but you feel like you learn something. And I feel like I learned something during the movie. And it does all of that while still being weird and challenging and showing how Fred Rogers as a human being was weird and challenging. It's it's a fantastic movie. Dang. Hmm. I really felt like the marketing on this movie, I feel like dropped the ball real hard because I didn't. They I think, sold it as, you know. Yeah, I'm assuming production companies. Like, there's a kind of. There's even a kind of hallucination scene. Cool. And production companies, I think, knew that they had to sell this as Mr. Rogers is cute and nice, which it's also that, (laughs) but it's a million other things, too. It's also, it's either rated, it must be rated PG, and it's like one of the most tough PG movies I've ever seen. I don't know how they get it. It, There's nothing explicit in it, but it's just... There's a lot Serious. going on there that doesn't feel like a typical PG movie, I guess. Okay. But I'm glad that kids can see it. Okay. For the trailer, did they do like sad, it's a beautiful <laughs> oh, day. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other cool thing about they, <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot of travel in the movie, like just going on planes and ending up in another city. And for each city, they built one of the little Mr. Rogers Aww. sets. And it always, like, cuts back to those, oh, God, it's so sweet. <laughs> I love oh, it no. so much. It's so good. This is towards the top of my to-watch list for sure. Oh yeah, I'm interested to see what you think. Well, I won't watch it because I have to watch 2020 movies now, but... <laughs> okay, God. This is true, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, give us cats, Tuck. Okay. <sighs> To start with, I like when a movie goes for it, right? Mm. I like when there's a vision, but not the lighthouse, but if, like a, yeah. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> a movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's it's amazing to me. I'm going to try to talk about this. I don't know. I can't just say I like this movie because there's nothing to say there. But like the fact that so many people worked on this movie and so many people had to give the okay, right? They had to show this to someone else at the production company or whatever and be like, this is what I've done today. And the other person had to be like, we're not going to have you redo this. This is fine. <laughs> and then for all of that to snowball and for then to it to become a movie, like we don't, 
we don't get to experience failure in this way <laughs> right like nothing no, can true. fail as far as these movies go and i'm not talking just like financially like the movie wasn't finished like it didn't work it didn't it was not a, a complete movie and then for all of society basically to be we live in a society and for everyone to <laughs> just come together and love it or hate it but just everybody was focused on this movie for like this beautiful week and there's something in that i think beyond beyond whether you think this is a good or bad movie i think there's something about this movie that feels human in a way that a lot of other movies don't just because you can see the effort that went into it and the way that effort was not enough to create a movie and that's beautiful to me i also think it's just a fun creative they had a vision they went for it uh i'm into it i mean i am one of the people who is sold on what they're selling me so uh i need when that happens i need to take a hold of it and i just need to celebrate it and say i like cats i like speed racer screw you (laughs) these are cool movies so (laughs) i think it's also the most monoculture we had this year Yes. And <laughs> yes. the most monoculture possible without most people actually seeing the movie. Yes. There's yeah, yeah there's something there where it's yeah. like I don't need to see this movie because I'm on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what marriage story ran into, I guess. <laughs> um and just like the idea what the movie's not done, here's a new version of the movie. Like we're catching <laughs> movies now. They Kanye Wested it. That's crazy. Oh I know. Has that they ever had happened? An incredible before? budget. What did they spend the money on? It's the cat fur. Oh. Carly the nut shot where he lands on the stupid giant oh. trash can and then his nuts go crazy and he's like, What did they send nuts. it back to be edited for? Wasn't it like something very specific like Judy Dench's hand wasn't a cat hand? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like there was other stuff, bro. But I didn't notice it during the movie. I also but. I think one of my favorite early moments in this in the whole cat debacle was yeah. when they released that first kind of like behind the scenes sort of thing i think even before the trailer when they just said digital fur technology as if all three words should be capitalized yes <laughs> this isn't a thing it, we couldn't make this movie until oh my god yeah oh I also think there is an aspect to this of self-reflection of what Avatar has done. Where Avatar came out and people loved it. And it broke new ground. It created new technologies. 3D TVs. Look at us. 3D is a thing. 3D movies. 3D theaters. Avatar has made this possible by having a movie about cat people. And now there's a new movie about cat people. And people now have self-awareness. And it's this very strange thing to see where avatar was fine cats is not what does this say about us as a society now <laughs> well we're well, avatar more was... avatars so we can re-examine all yeah. over again <laughs> sure i but general sentiment seems to be negative on new avatar from what i can tell so yeah just, we, we live in a society that's all i'm trying to say. <laughs> um yes i will watch cats again <sighs> I will. I want to see. First of all, I want to see the new version. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because we must have seen the old version because we saw it like the day after it came out. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. Do uh, you think? Uh, 
we'll get in a situation like we have with Star Wars where there are people arguing over which version is the version to watch. <laughs> no. Or more, maybe more like Blade Runner. Yeah, maybe. Where they add a bunch of narration to cats where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what they would say. <laughs> Mungo Jerry. <laughs> and then she's got a unicorn at the end. It's like, hmm, what does it all mean? So that's my cat spiel. Okay. Okay, our top... Ah, oh, I need to stop. Our <laughs> canonical 10 movies of 2019. The Lighthouse. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Cats. Uncut Gems. Parasite. Little Women. Her Smell. Knives Out, The Irishman, and American Factory. In no order. That's just the list of ten. I like that list a lot. That list is absurd. In a good I way. Like it. It's it was wild, a weird though. it was a weird year. Sure. For movies. This is like my ideal list. This is perfect. Okay, even with cats. Yeah. If okay. we're talk if it's not a top ten list, yeah. Okay. Okay. You could, these are, I think everyone should see all, well, I haven't seen the Irishman, so I guess I can't really, or Little Women. But I plan to see all of these movies at some point, except maybe the Irishman. You should watch the Irishman, <laughs> Tucker, it's very good. I know. You know, just make a night of it, light some candles, sit down, <laughs> cue up the Netflix, have some popcorn ready, or whatever, whatever it is you like to snack on, and just make an easygoing night of watching the Irishman. While I'm surfing... While you're, while you're uh, something phone, on my phone, reading Discord you know, or, yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Twitter. Hmm. You know what did not come up once? Uh-oh. I don't think. Oh. Nineteen seventeen. I not just really, haven't no. seen it. Yeah, that's interesting. It came hmm. out kind of late though, which is I think the yeah challenge. Yeah, it's just like, like a, it was. It I guess is so currently it. such a moment. Yeah, I mean it's not even in. Like we're getting it in our in the local theater here, but not for like another week or so. Really? So mm. sounds hmm. like a 2020 movie to me. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> mm. Well, guys, thanks for sitting down for four hours and talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is movies. crazy. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. Thanks, Car, for jumping in here. Let's do this again next year. How about? Absolutely, I like movies. Okay. <laughs> mm. Michael, thanks for sitting down and talking. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm excited to watch movies that aren't 2019 movies now. Yay. So. I'm not. The completionist in me says I have to watch all of them so that on Letterboxd, because I have it filtered so that it fades out <laughs> movies I've seen already, then they'll all be faded out. Okay. Mm, Won't that feel good? Oh. I'm Tom Hanks saying so long and thanks for talking. We're listening. Thanks, Bruce. Look at you, you sexy beast. You listen to the whole thing. Papa is very proud of you.